Hey, welcome to Shill Kill. I'm Chip Mahoney, certified DeFi expert, and you're watching my show where I pair a crypto with a crime. So today's shill is the crypto move, and the kill is a lady who's on the lam right now as we speak. That's Caitlin Armstrong, wanted by the Fed. So I'm going to go from the crypto to the crime, the shill to the kill. We're going to learn about both and then get out. So come along the ride with me. Let's do this. guys so I'm kicking things off here with the shill and that would be talking about move so full disclosure I do own some move but if you're new to uh, the crypto world and you're thinking about investing always do your own research I think that's a good idea and in fact do a lot of research before you pull the trigger because crypto is really volatile so marketmove.ai is the website and there you can do some of your own research if you've never heard about it before one of the things that I really like about this is really how I tend to think about crypto. Um, usually about the 5% of projects out there because 95% of them will go south or sideways. That's a guarantee. But there's 5% of them, maybe 7%, that are really strong and that have a future. And that's what I think about MOVE or the MOVE token. And the reason why I think that is because I consider it venture capital. When you're investing into a crypto that does have future potential, that has real people working behind the scenes, they have a lot invested themselves, they have a great roadmap, they have offices somewhere, they're getting out there and they're being known and, and developing a community, I think of it as venture capital because if you're purchasing the token, the exchange for... Um, you know, a thousand or a million tokens, whatever it might be, then you're injecting money into that project. And no venture capitalist would say, hey, I just gave you money yesterday, so why aren't you like Facebook today? Why aren't you as big as something that's really outstanding right now? No, it takes some time to do that. And these guys are taking their time. They have a lot of experience. And that what that's what impresses me about them and something that might impress you. And I always just say, if you find those projects, think about, Think of them as venture capital, putting VC money into it, and you can do that directly by exchanging for the, the token. So some of the things they have coming up is something called the MoveX DEX, which I think is, could be really exciting. Maybe it won't replace PancakeSwap, which is a very popular DEX to buy all sorts of tokens, coins, and projects, but maybe they could with their artificial intelligence, the way that they have their future set up their future potential for the MoveX decks. I think that could be something uh, really fruitful for investors in the future, which is why I'm in it. And I think uh, that it can be great. And I'm already using some of their utilities. So should offer some utility in that future. So you can check out the website. But when I go uh, from the kill, I'm going to talk about the kill and then get back into talking about move. I'll let you know about some of the back end stuff, the specifics to look at and make that decision if you're thinking about getting into crypto, that's a good one. So let's get into the kill now where I'm going to talk about a case that's gone going right now with a lady on the lam and the feds are chasing her down, wanted in a murder in a tragic love triangle story. So let's get into that and then I'll get back to move. See you then. And now for the kill. So it isn't often that I get to talk about a case that involves a lady who is on the lam that the feds are on the hunt for right now because she's wanted in a murder. That's just unusual. So this case is 
unusual in the fact that it has to deal with this lady who's on the run, but it's not so unusual that it's a love triangle gone south. A lot of crypto, as I said, can go south. Love triangles, they always go south. And usually one person ends up dead, sometimes two people, sometimes everybody. It's just not a good situation. So let me give you some background on this. And then, uh, you know, in the next segment on the kill, I'll get into the specifics and uh, more to think about it. But just for background, the um, this really has to do with an interesting story about two pro cyclists, uh, like bicyclists. And the other one was an amateur. And the amateur or also known as a yoga teacher, is the one who is on the lam right now and wanted for murder. Her name was Caitlin Armstrong. But the guy in the love triangle is a pro cyclist himself, and he was in a relationship with Caitlin for reported for about three years because this stuff is online. You can read all about it. So these are things that I've read and researched, already uh, uh, published. So they were in a relationship that... Um, went uh, cold, I guess you could say, in about October of 2021. And during that time, he um, had a fling, as reported, with another pro cyclist, a lady pro cyclist. Her name is Mariah and uh, last name Wilson. And that is the victim in this case. But apparently they got together for a week and apparently that was it. But what it seems like is that it was an ongoing relationship that it did not end. It wasn't just a week fling. It wasn't a month. It kept going. And once Caitlin Armstrong, again, as reported, wanted to get back with the pro cyclist guy, the dude in the case, um, she found out about the other woman. And maybe this was continual and ongoing in that he, he might have said, hey, we're not together. It was a one-time thing. But from everything that I've read and that has been published, you can see that there is not a lot of truth telling, that there is a lot of lying in this case as well. And that stuff builds up. You can never get out of your lies. It just keeps on digging a deeper hole for you. So what ended up happening as uh, reported again, uh, May 11th, I believe it was not too long ago, is where Caitlin was seen essentially stalking uh, the victim's property uh, where she was staying because she was able to find out her tracking and all her data through an app called Strava. I think it's called Strava or Strava, but it's for bicycle, uh, bicycle people, maybe people who run marathons where they can do videos and they can track uh, where they go. And so that's how she was able to find her victim, stalker there. Um, a car was seen on Ring Video as well that the cops were looking at, but it led her to the victim and uh, reported a nine millimeter was used in the crime and she was able to get away on a bicycle I believe stealing the bike of Mariah, the victim, and then ditching it in the in the brush. And I thought that was kind of uh, interesting because the last time I heard about somebody who committed a murder, got on a bike, took off, and then hopped in a BMW, that was Jason Derrick Brown like 17 years ago, a wanted fugitive of the feds on the most wanted list today for so long. So that made me think about that. And also we're talking about two pro cyclists, and one of them is named Armstrong. And also this happened in Texas. So I'm thinking, well, last time I remember a pro cyclist in Texas, that was Lance Armstrong. That's not who we're talking about. It's Caitlin Armstrong, um, but she is the one who was the amateur cyclist, also uh, reported as a yoga teacher, and is being uh, hunted right now by the feds, uh, the federal marshals, 
for the murder of Mariah. So in the next segment, when I go, I'm going to go back to the shill and talk about crypto for a minute, and then I'll get back to the kill to finish out. But I'm going to give you my opinion on this and just tell you why I think uh, some of this stuff really happened, in my opinion, and also some of the red flags that popped up, which maybe they're not talking about right now, but could be helpful to you. So I'm out on this one. This segment here, going to get back into the shill, and then we'll get back to the kill and get out. So let's do that. Back to move now. So one of the things that you can count on move for is researching other projects that you might be interested in, therefore providing you with a utility. And that's really how move made itself known in the crypto space. So you can go to marketmove.ai, you can click their app to use the market move app, and then you can enter just about any token or coin that you can find on CoinMarketCap. Maybe you're familiar with CoinMarketCap where all the cryptos are listed. But you can uh, click into any crypto, and if it's, if it's uh, listed on the Binance Smart Chain, the BSC, then there's going to be a address uh, next to it, and you can just copy that address and put it into the search feature on MarketMove, and then you can research the back end of that crypto to find out if it's a good project or not. And I think that is a really good indicator about the type of uh, business that uh, MarketMove is. They're all about making things safer and better. So not only can you invest in market move as what I said before, like a venture capital person injecting money into it, that the future value would be uh, really phenomenal one day, maybe 10 times, maybe even 100 times return, who knows. But they're also going to provide you with that utility in order to research just about any project. Now, it does have to be traded um, on the Binance Smart Chain in order to do the research, but I think future blockchains will be added, uh, especially on the MoveX platform, and that'd be really cool. So you can uh, invest in a token and before you uh, make that uh, swap uh, for what you're trading for, you can see all the backend details, such as the buy-sell tax, you can see the amount of holders, and then Market Move provides a nice scorecard uh, which is, you know, green probably above, uh, I think maybe 75 or 80 points will be in the green. Anything below that will be yellow or red flags. And they literally show you uh, green, yellow, red. So you can be confident in anything that you're investing in, including Move. So why not go there and even check out Move's own, um, for their own uh, token, the uh, background check on that. So you can get familiar with it. Again, you can see everything that you need to. But I always think that holders is really a good indicator how many people are holding the token. Right now, about 65,000 people hold Move Token. I think it'll be 100,000 in the future, uh, maybe before the end of the year. But again, you can see that on any project. And that, I think, is really cool because it provides a utility and it's also making things safer for the investor. So I think that MoveX does have a future. That's why I want to shill it and maybe you want to check that out as well. But you can go to marketmove.ai, click the app um, button right there, and you can go ahead and start doing your research, um, research any token. And in the future, all blockchains, such as uh, maybe Avalanche and other popular blockchains, will be added there. So whenever you're choosing a project, you're going to be able to see the background report on it, the report card, just as you would see it on maybe a car purchase where you can get a Carfax and 
you're wanting to buy the car, but then the car fact says, oh no, wait a minute, it's salvage. It's been in an accident. It has this, it has that. The seller doesn't normally wave that in front of you, but that's what you're going to get. And that's what I like about it and uh, can get you going with other projects as well. So I'm done with the shield there. I obviously like it. Do your own research. That's market move. So I'm going to finish out next segment on the kill and then we're done. Thanks for hanging with me. This is Chip Mahoney on Shill Kill. Let's get to the next segment on the kill and then we're out. Thanks. All right, so back to the kill and I'm going to finish out here on Shill Kill. So before I talked about the main players in the love triangle and you know who they are, Caitlin Armstrong is the person who the feds are looking for right now. I think it's been over 48 hours, maybe longer. But she's on the lam, and that's quite unusual because 99% of the time, if somebody did something wrong and they're being chased by the federal government, the FBI, the U.S. Marshals, whomever, it's a dude. So this is uh, really interesting in that it happened. So it says to me that you've got a strong personality here at play, and maybe that's uh, what some of those signals were from other people, especially someone who called in around January of this year to report that she had heard Caitlyn say that she wanted to kill the other person. So obviously Caitlyn was livid with what was going on and she went way over the edge. That's what authorities say and that's what I think happened as well. But I'm going to talk about some of the red flags here, some of the things in my author mind that have come up because on my other show called Drowning Verdict where I cover in-depth cases, um, you know, I talked about it as well and I just can't get it off my mind. I think it's important. I think it was important that somebody called in to say, hey, listen, I heard her say this. And when somebody speaks it, when somebody writes it, um, like a school shooter writes something down or they say something, usually they act upon it. I mean, it's it's a prerequisite to taking action. So I believe that be, to be true. Now, Caitlin had been in um, touch with the, the police. They had brought her in. And I think what they were trying to do was make another charge stick uh, to where they could talk to her about this case. So as they were talking about some other um, case, I don't know what it was, they had her in their midst. And they were about to, I think, approach her on this subject when they found out that other case wasn't going to stick and that it wasn't going to hold and they had to let her go. And as soon as she got let go from, I don't want to say their custody, but their presence, as soon as that happened, then she became someone who decided to be a missing person on her own accord. And the feds say that she's on, on the run and, you know, they have U.S. Marshals and so forth trying to track her down. Again, highly unusual. But I think the red flags um, are really where it started um, in October of 2021, where the relationship or the fling was uh, supposedly for one week. I, I don't think so. I think this was ongoing. And it seems to me that, as I said before, there's a lot of lying in this case, a, a lot of uh, truth being uh, withheld, saying, hey, listen, you know, I'm in a relationship and I, I don't want this or I do want to do this. Nothing was up front. It was just kind of behind the scenes. And obviously, I don't think people took uh, Caitlin very seriously about how maybe her strong personality uh, could be. And it seems as if very strong personality at play here, somebody who felt that they were wronged. And as soon as they found out the truth for real, uh, they set plans and motions. And one of the things that I brought up on Drowning Verdict, and, and I still think about right now, is that 
the victim, uh, Mariah, also known as Mo, she was a very popular cyclist, uh, one of the best out there in that field. But she was gunned down with a 9mm left on the floor of a Texas property inside the property. It might have been an Airbnb. I don't know what it was. Uh, left for dead and, and she did pass away. But the guns were apparently purchased prior to the murder. And I believe they said that there were two 9mm handguns that were purchased uh, for her, uh, Caitlin, and the man involved. You know, part of that love triangle. And my question is, why did they purchase those weapons? Because, you know, when you are uh, purchasing a weapon, it's usually because something had happened before and you're trying to protect yourself. But when were they purchased and why were they purchased? Because if it was right before the murder, whether it was a week or a month before, then it shows really premeditation that, that either one or both of them knew that something bad was going to happen and that's the reason for the gun purchase. And it seems to be a really bad time to purchase guns unless there's some other incident that happened, maybe a break into the property or some other reason. But if those guns were not existing, uh, you know, a year prior or so, and they only existed in uh, their, their personal possession uh, within an, uh, a week or a month before, then it, it says to me premeditation that somebody or both uh, possibly knew what was going on and maybe maybe uh, one needed one gun versus the other I, I don't know but it's an odd thing to me to have both of those guns as reported purchased because one of them the nine millimeter the feds say that the cops say that it was used by Caitlin in the murder to uh, to kill the victim and then escape it seems like by stealing her bike maybe taking it for uh, a spin ditching it in the brush just like Jason Derrick Brown and then hopping in a car and then disappearing Hopefully it's not for 17 years like J.D. Brown, but uh, we'll see what happens in this case here. I just find it strange. So those are some red flags. Uh, you know, when were the guns purchased and why were they purchased? I, I just don't like that they were two guns purchased, seems like, a week or a month before this incident. Don't like it at all because it seems like both of those people were aware of it. Caitlin and the dude involved. Involved in a love triangle, I should say. Uh, because right now it's just all about Caitlin. So we'll see how this pans out. Hope you, you know, like the episode here. Uh, tune in for more. I'll have more for you. This Chip Mahoney on Show Kill. I'm out. Thank you.